Shomaleichem, it is the second day of Shvat. Mishnah Yomi is in chapter 4 of Kituvot, Kisuvis, at Mishnah 4, Mishnah Dalit as well. Ha'av, a father of a young girl, Zakai, he has the financial right, Babito, through his daughter, Bekidusheha, with with what she receives for Kedushin, Bekesiv Shtar Ubiya, with whatever method we that they use for Kedushin, if his daughter is a katana or a nara, then the father actually receives that money. So he would get the, the ring, the diamond ring, instead of her. Now, as we've spoken about, these financial rights that a father has through his daughter and his wife, they come with a, the flip side of the coin is the financial responsibility to feed and clothe and house all of the members of his family. So he's not getting anything for free. The Mishnah adds, V'zakai b'mitziyata, and he gets what she finds. As we mentioned before, in, in the Gemara, the, the sages explain that since the rabbis obligated the father to provide for his daughter, there could be eva, there could be some animosity. You understand if the, if the little girl finds a $100 bill or a diamond, and she says, you know what, I'm going to keep it. And he says, well, listen, I'm paying tuition, I'm paying for the food, I'm paying the rent, you know, it's not fair. So our sages enacted that what she finds goes to the father as well, Masayadeha, what she earns if she's spinning thread or making pottery at home, the hafaret nidoreha, and being mefer neder. Now, when we get to Masechet Nedarim, we'll talk all about this. A neder is a vow, and the father has a right of refusal to cancel the vows of his young daughter when she is a nara or younger. The Mishnah adds, Mekabal et gita, the father can accept the get, a document of divorce. Now, this is only if this girl is a nara meurasa, that she's had erusin, the first stage of marriage, so she's still living in her father's house. If she's already gone to chuppah, had what they call nisuin, remember there's erusin or kedushin, giving the ring, and then there's nisuin or chuppah when they're fully married, and now she's moved in with the husband. So if that happened and the, and the husband gave a get, the get would go directly to her and the father would have no more involvement. Once she's gone to chuppah, had nisuin, she's fully out of the father's responsibility. So the case the mission is discussing is a na'ra meurasa. She's only has the first stage of Jewish marriage. Finally, ve'eno ochel perut bechayeha. The father does not eat the fruits during her lifetime. Now, this actually refers to property that a young girl receives as inheritance. For example, her mother's father passed away and left her an orchard, and the orchard is making fruit. So the little girl inherits the orchard and the right to the fruit. Now, if it if it was, um, and the, the, her father doesn't receive anything from this. He has no rights to this. Now, the Mishnah moves on to a case where the little girl was fully married. Nisait, she now is Nisu in the second stage of marriage. Yeter alova bal, the husband actually has an additional right, she'ochel perot b'chayeha, that he is entitled to eat the fruit of the orchard that she received as an inheritance. As we've mentioned, there's different types of dowry, property that a woman brings into a marriage. And in general, her husband has the rights to the fruits or the income or the rents they produce as long as he keeps the principle intact. And since the Mishnah mentioned a financial right a husband has, it mentions the financial obligations as well. Vahayev bin Mizonoteha. He has to feed her, support, food, clothing, housing, the Pirkona. Her redemption, if God forbid she's captured by idolaters, as we've mentioned in the first parak, the second parak, this did happen. That's, you know, the, the mafia or the local pagans would capture and ransom people. He has to pay it and get her back. Uv kvurata, and in her burial. Rabbi Yehuda, man, Rabbi Yehuda adds to this last point, Afilu on the Shibisrael, even the poorest people among the Jewish people, 
Lo yivchot mishnei halilim umikonenet. They should have no less than two flutes at his wife's funeral and a woman who leads the kina, who leads the lamentation and the mourning and the wailing. So there was a certain minimal standard of, you know, that you had to invest to have a properly dignified funeral. Now, the Gemara adds that if her family had a custom to have certain uh, certain uh, items at a funeral or certain amounts of mourners, you could hire mourners, you could hire eulogizers, wailers, criers, flutes, and everything, and, and not the custom today. But uh, if there was a certain level her family was used to, but his family wasn't, he would have to go ahead and pay for that to follow her family's custom. And certainly if it was his family's custom to have a more elaborate funeral, but not hers, he would have to pay the expense for his wife's funeral. The Gemara comments that a wife always moves up in social financial status to her husband, never down. Let's go on to Mishnah. Hey, Le'olam, he Bershutaav, the young woman is still considered in her father's care, in his responsibility. Until she enters the domain of her husband for Nisuin, for the second stage of marriage, the Chuppah. Now, what's going on here is they used to do Kiddushin or Erusin, the first stage of marriage, months or even a year or two prior to the actual Nisuin. We actually see this concept in the Torah in Chaye Sara when Eliezer goes to bring Rivka back as a wife for Yitzhak and her family suggests, well, let, let's let have her wait a year or 10, meaning 10 months. So she should wait at least a year, at least 10 months to prepare for marriage. Famously, Rivka herself decides to go immediately to marry Yitzhak without a waiting period. But the custom was for both the Chatan and Kala, the bride and groom, to have adequate time to prepare themselves for marriage, to, you know, get an apartment, some financial stability, before they would actually move in together. Now, the Mishnah elaborates on this idea, Masar Ha'av Lishluchayabol. Now, what if they live in different cities and the father gave the young woman into the care of the messengers of the husband who've been sent from the other city to retrieve her and take her to get married in the husband's city? She's now under the responsibility of her new husband. You know, she's about to go to Chuppah, hasn't had it yet. What if the father's a little worried and he goes along with the messengers who are taking his daughter to get married? Or his messengers, his appointed officials, go with the uh, appointees of the husband to take her. She is still considered under the custody and financial care of the father. Finally, Masru So what if the father sent the, sent the young woman with his messengers, you know, to the, to the middle point between the two cities, and then they entrusted them to the messengers of the husband who will take her the rest of the way. She's already in the, under the care of her future husband. Thank you.